Content warning, there may be some content amidst all the fucks, shits, and dams. Hi everyone, welcome to another week of Stay A While and Listen. Uh, as we're building towards the uh, climax of this first season, we decided we'd uh, actually tell us a little bit more about ourselves. So, uh, joining me is the usual crew of mad uh Mad Minions, or whatever alliteration I was going for, and brain <laughs> farted I, I on. I felt like you were trying to do something along the way of, like, Mad Max, and only do Mad Matt. No. But then just got stuck on something that would just go with... See, I, I was I going know. for a string of alliteration, and I brain farted. Bravo. So, joined by my... Uh, Associates? Beautiful brain farted friends. <laughs> Uh, You're going to have to get used to this one for for a while. He's been rhyming shit with, for his daughter for a couple of weeks now. I can't get off it. All the places you will go. To hell, Dr. Seuss. To hell. Well, I mean, there is some backing for that. <laughs> we have Matt and Candace joining. I mean, Hello. you know, how many, how many high schools do you think at their graduation have had someone read Dr. Seuss's Oh, the places you will go. Because I know my school did it plenty. I am much more fond of... of I'm much more fond of... uh, What is the proper title of the book? I had some trouble on my way, or I had some trouble going to Solace Salou. Huh. In the first first two or three pages, there's a... uh, There's a little rhyming couplet about... You'll find there are troubles of more than one kind, some from ahead and some from behind. And then the last two lines is, But I've got a big bat, so this time you'll see, my troubles will have troubles with me. (laughs) It is my favorite Dr. Seuss quote. (laughs) Yes. Fuck you, I'm getting a baseball bat. (laughs) Actually, that kind of sounds like something even that you'd find in a Shel Silverstein book. It does. Mm. I love that man's writing. Now, my brother's graduation, like, Balls for the guy that actually got up on stage and did it, but um, the fact that they had the one kid who's graduating who had a speech impediment and lisped, not real bad, but just enough so that when he was reading, oh, the places you go, kind of ran a little bit longer than you expected. Yeah. It's like, good on you. Oh, I have to sit through this. Yay. It probably didn't help that he was nervous as hell. I don't know. From what I think my brother said was, this is like one of the really, you know, more intelligent kids of class. It was just like close to valedictorian or something. It was just, here, go read this. Hmm. What have you done to us all? <laughs> Now, so, because of the slight observation that we made last week where, oh, we want to call the end of our season at season 26, or episode 26, and that we're putting out, or this episode we're recording is 23, maybe it's time we actually talk about ourselves a little bit. Oh, that's unfortunate. You know, we'll lose that dragon. Kind of, maybe give some of our bona fides and claims to... Nerd them. Yeah. 
Goddamn. I'm I'm boned. How about you? Well, who wants to go first? Fuck no. <laughs> okay, so you don't. <laughs> painfully obvious. All right. I, I um, hate show and tell shit. <laughs> like, always, it's like, okay, everyone's going to go around the table. Ever since, like, first grade or whatever the hell they started doing that, they still do that at work. All right, we're going to each say something about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Fuck, I'm going to make everybody else sound tell. like a dunce. Because I actually uh, have degrees. I uh, fucking hate dealing with... Uh, group activities in a work environment. Like I said, they always feel like they're pandered toward a first grade audience when Mm. we're all supposed to be adults. Well, we live in a society where adulting is questionable for very many people. (laughs) Why do you think I I said supposed to be? True. (sighs) (laughs) Okay. I guess I'll go first. So... Age before beauty. So, Candace is elected to go first. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly isn't going last. (laughs) If you want. Uh, Let's see. My grandfather raised me, and he did radio for the Air Force. Because his whole reason for joining the Air Force was... A Hispanic man in San Antonio Barrio that had absolutely no accent. That's a rarity. His grandfather raised him, and his grandfather was Navy. Ah. So his grandfather had had his accent kind of weeded out by incident rather than purpose. And by the end of it, Grandpa had no accent. His accent was closer to Casey Kasem than anything else. That makes sense. Uh... Of course, this is from my perspective. I've lived with him since I was three, and he used to do radio for the Air Force. So, of course, they cultivated that accent. Hmm. Uh, At one point in time, he did some uh, radio work for the local Christian stations and always wiring the sound for the churches and some video work for stuff and this gave me my background that led to the podcasting thing. It's why I knew enough to do the research to get us started. Uh, as far as RPGs, I've been playing since high school. A wonderful game released by Avalon Hill, Powers and Perils. Yeah. This is absolute garbage, but I've bought a new copy so that I can introduce this <laughs> archaic math <laughs> systems to my friends. Yeah. Because I love them. <laughs> uh... When it comes to video games, I was kind of a late bloomer. I didn't have the Super Nintendo until two years, a year before the PlayStation launched. (laughs) Uh, I bought the PlayStation that first year because I saved up for it my own damn self. Because Final Fantasy is a drug and I was addicted. Mm. Um, The internet and I have been cross-bred, cross-trained together for as long as I know. Uh, I wasn't one of those kids that grew up with an internet access, but uh, from about high school on, I had the internet. I used to stay after school for a couple hours, just uh, putz around on the filtered internet uh, after school. Learned more on the internet than I ever did in class. Oh, the easy way to get around any of those filters at school is just, instead of using .com, 
.de. You may run across some stuff in German, but for the most part, if they don't understand that, oh, you're looking at another country's internet. No, no, they don't. They're um, horribly programmed. I spent hours, I do mean hours, months at a time, just trolling through the, uh, at the time, hosted on Dartmouth College. Dartmouth? How do you pronounce that? Ah, Dartmouth. Yeah, Dartmouth College's was the their their student websites happened to be where the Malkavian clan uh webpage was hosted at the time. Okay. I'm so upset that the Wayfair uh, the Wayfair machine doesn't seem to have any archives of that site. If you know of them, people out there, feel free to send it one. I would love to go back just through all the old song parodies that we wrote eons ago. Mm. In the nineties. <laughs> Yeah, back in the old days. Um, Weird when the 90s are now olden days for most people. It's weird when you bring up something that was like in your childhood that you remember and you have those friends that are 10 years younger than you. And you go, hey, do you remember this? And they go, what? What's that? Yeah. Oh, it burns. That's when you do what I did to... Okay, so my husband has a theater company and all these little actors are significantly younger than I. And to resolve that issue... Doesn't that give you a complex? Because that would give me a complex. Yeah, no, I don't <laughs> hang out with most of them. They're nice people, like, but we, we recently had one of them that had to stay over at our house before he moved out. All circumstances. He's 21. I am not 21. And so we'll I'll start talking about music that I love, and he'll be like, I've never heard that. So it'll usually end with me playing, like, Paint It Black or Jim Cro- any Jim Croce music. Or the Rolling Stones at him, and looking confused, like, how do you not know these? These are music! And then I get some BS yeah. back from him that synthesized bullshit, and, and then I feel old, and I demand people leave my yard. So. <laughs> oh, man. I, I'm, I'm a sucker for good reaction videos, and uh, Candace and I were talking about them a while back, and... Uh, Oh, that's not interesting. She commented that there's no such thing as a good reaction video because most of them were heavily acted. Oh, they're heavily acted. They interrupt whatever they are watching. So you're mm-hmm. you're trying to listen to the show or the music or whatever, and over it you get some asshole screaming up, Oh my god, I didn't see that coming! Mm, yeah. But mm-hmm. I, I, I like the ones where, for the most part, you're watching their face mm-hmm. and they're silent. During whatever they're doing. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. I love watching people react to music. It's it's great. Oh, it actually yeah. revitalizes my music taste. Because, like, I get sick of songs eventually. But when I watch somebody else enjoy it for the first time, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I remember why I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. I was I... watching one the other day. Queen Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. Yeah. And this kid yeah. was... This kid couldn't have been older than 20. And had never heard it? And hadn't heard it. Oh my god. How, are you, In the 90s, how like, did you... It used you... to be the white man's anthem. You well, played that at any party and everybody would join in. Uh, this you is can a... still do that at any karaoke. This is a young black man who'd never seen it. Never heard it. He's like... He's listening to it. And he gets to the part past the operatic section. You know? Mm-hmm. That part where that guitar solo kicks bum, in. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah. That part, yeah. Yeah. So so you think you the could riff. Look, yeah. The riff. 
And he, he listens to that for a couple of seconds. And then he pauses it and he says, you know, real quick, I gotta, I gotta say something. This is back when music had heart and mm-hmm. still had something unta- intangible. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this kid, this kid gets it. He earns a place <laughs> at my table. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we're devolving into old person bitch cast. <laughs> no, uh, there is one that I will occasionally find myself listening to for like the reactions. Is there is a uh, woman on YouTube who is like a uh, voice teacher mm-hmm. reacts to is this yeah. the, is this the slightly older blonde lady no she's a little bit younger redhead it has kind of it sounds kind of like an english or a brogue accent yeah okay i know Her. which one we're talking yeah. about Did she react to uh, uh m&m's godzilla I don't know. I, only... I remember watching. English, I remember that uh, you and I shared some reality. back and forth on Disturbed Sound of Silence. I, uh, I, the two that I found her on were her reacting to Rammstein's Till Lindemann, and also to uh, Corey Taylor when he was singing for Slipknot specifically. Yeah, and she only listened to live shows, and I was like. She's got a point <laughs> because I, I like listening to people who will analyze things because mm-hmm. I'm like, now you've given me something to look for. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. The, the difference is, is anybody can react to anything. Yeah. But having somebody that has an expertise in the field will react Does. to something that you don't know that you're either reacting to or something that you never thought of. Yeah. Like that, like that one that I showed you the other day, the hip hop head, and and we were watching his head bob to different things. Yeah, long I, timing for us metalheads. <laughs> yeah, because as we're all just like right on the beat, one, one, bomb, bomb, and one, hip, three, one, three, and he's yep, two it, and a half, four, two and a half, four. <laughs> yeah, hip hop, and I've noticed this just uh, watching people who enjoy hip hop is they have a different head bob. It's faster, and like there's this. Back and Cyclic. forth, no head shake in the bob, and I'm like, if I do that, I'm gonna get dizzy. <laughs> yeah. People sit, people sit there and they they look at us banging for thirty minutes straight because it's the same timing signature. It's yep, circle head bang. I've got the hair for it. It's okay. Yep. Uh, combination. I hate people. Hmm. And uh, I, I hate feeling beholden to other people. And yet you have us. Yeah, I love you guys. You guys are persons. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 have our own autonomy. Uh, and, and voices on the other end of this internet that I can hate. <laughs> and, and to be uh. absolutely honest, is Matt really a person? Does it, do, 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 do we hate him? I, <laughs> His de- I had to his magic board. Decks. I still get. I still get right. <laughs> Leave me alone. His magic decks are making it real close to blurring that line. <laughs> I can hate people, right? Yeah, yeah. I can hate people. At least yeah. I can hate that person. Oh, yeah. I got an exception. Uh huh. But you know, so there are my nerd pedigrees. My big thing really is I do love group hobbies, group games, and then I, I'm a dissecting person. I take whatever my hobby is and I cut it apart to the basic levels and start looking for answers and looking for how things work. Mm-hmm. It's just who I am. It turned me. It's kind of a natural evolution from rules lawyer to power gamer to just casual 
wife cackling in the background. I guess she's watching something funny. At some point, there's going to be two small Swedish children that run out of here. They thought this was a gingerbread house. They didn't know any better. Soylent green. It's made of people. It's people. You're good furniture, Matt. You're good furniture. Oh, not right now. My bones are creaking. He ain't going to get a good chair out of me. And then he... To take me to the chiropractor and then murder me. You've seen the movie, right? Soylent Green? Yes. Remember the little girl that's hanging all over Charleston Heston that came with the apartment? Oh, yeah. And when he's going to move to a different apartment, she's like, what'll become of me? And he goes, don't worry, you're good furniture. (laughs) You're good furniture, Matt. Good furniture. Yay. Calling you a body whore. I figured you'd appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Oh, okay. Nerd credentials, huh? Well, I'm... I don't know if I'm the oldest out of the bunch. I don't think so. We established that we were born in the same year. Yeah, I think it was... What was the month? December of 81. Yeah, I've got the uh, January of 82. You got me beat by like two weeks or something like that. Then I'm the baby over here. Yeah. 87. I see nerd credentials. Well, I mean, I I come from a different vein of nerdism than the other two people at the table. I really kind do. of why you were invited to the group. Yeah, you, you do represent why you dipped your toe in RPGs. Yeah, I don't. You come from the competitive card game background. You come competitive from the competitive fighting, fighting game, game background. background. Okay, well, let's see. It started for me in arcades, and it started for me in arcades with two distinct games. It started with Samurai Showdown. And it started with Street Fighter Alpha, and from there it just blew up. And I think I played I played a lot more video games before I played card games. I started card games in college, though. The first tournament in card games I ever went to was held up at our university. We had a friend that, that ran it, and it was during Mirrodin Block. And so it was a draft. Well, not, no, it wasn't a draft. It was constructed. It was a... What is the one where you just get so many packs, open them, make a deck? That's a draft. Uh, no, a draft no, is where no, you pass draft it. draft is where uh, everyone gets three packs, and then you pass and it, then you pass it yeah. to the right. No. See, what you're describing one. is what I know as draft. Draft has new, modern definition, but what you're describing is what was known as draft. No, what <laughs> you're talking about is something closer to like a pre-release. Yeah, it was like a pre-release but back in the day. But yeah. In the day, they used to call that draft. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a round-robin draft, but it you basically got the packs, you got, you know, however much land, you made a 40-card deck, and it was, it was, I believe, single of them? Probably. But after that, I got really interested in it. It wasn't until after college, probably right after college, that I started playing competitively. I remember the best record I ever had, GP San Antonio, and I went down there, and the number of competitors were 873, I think. And I day twoed, and I ended my run at number 74. You made me remember something. What was that? Dun, dun, dun. I was a Yu-Gi-Oh player. I bought the first Yu-Gi-Oh deck that was ever in Abilene because I bought it from Hastings three days before uh, actual release date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I used to work there at the time. And I miss those tins. I used to support my local group with, these are my cards, we will play. 
Uh, I went to Anime Fest in 2002 and 2003, and I took my Purple Sleeve Dark Magician deck to Anime Fest, and the entire weekend, this is before Konami had anything besides the localist of tournaments, mm-hmm. uh, my deck went undefeated the entire weekend. Heck yeah. Damn. Well, and like I used to, and somebody had a Devil Franken from Japan. Uh, so, uh, Frank, uh, what do they call him in English? Uh, uh, Frank Frankenstein, uh, Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, it, it it was. It was a. It was. He's an effect monster. Five hundred attack. Five hundred defense. Three star. Four star. Uh, yeah. Cyber Franken. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Pay five hundred life to special summon a monster from your fusion deck. Yeah, no, he was he was pretty broken. Man. Back he in was, the day when special summoning was a hard thing to do. He yeah, was he was, was banned. Mm-hmm. Not by the next time I went to Anime Fest, he was yeah. banned. Oh yeah, but uh, the guy had the Japanese Devil Rank, and I was like, yeah, sure, play him. Bam, kicked his butt. Yeah, yeah, I was quite proud. Well, I won. I will say, speaking of that, I've gone. I I don't anymore. I used to. I used to go to a convention in Dallas called Acon. Yeah. This is the biggest anime convention for for side. those outside of Texas. Acon happens at the end of the summer, yeah, and Anime Fest happens at the beginning of the summer, and both of them happen up in Dallas, Fort Worth. Yeah, so I competed in the Acon Magic stuff, and I won three times. I've been there twelve, but I don't, they, don't, they didn't have it the whole twelve. I think they had they ran it eight times before the last time that I went. And I think I competed the last time I competed was leaving Theros Block, the original one. I remember because I lost in the last round simply because we'd gone to time. I'd had a deck that was Pillow Fort. Mm-hmm. And so the last game was going to go to time. And he wanted us to start it. And I started. So I was on the play. The other person was on the draw. And I, out of habit, drew a card and started. And it lost me the game. Because it's a DQ. I start. You don't get to draw... A card oh, on your first one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but now, um, if I ever start in our pre-game commanders games, remind me of that because I still haven't internalized that. No, rule. um, in commander, if it's more than two players, yeah, you do draw. Oh, okay, cool. So it's it's no big. If it's one on one and you go first, you don't draw. No, if if we're ever in that situation, be sure to call me out on it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so I. I applied for, I did most of the stuff to become an L1 judge. I took the test and everything, and I life got in the way. I was a Yu-Gi-Oh judge once, but but ago. Um, other than that, I've competed in Street Fighter fighting game tournaments, uh, Mortal Kombat fighting game tournaments. The problem with it is, is that at my age, which I'm not horribly old, but I'm almost, I'm getting closer to forty. Uh, hand-eye coordination is not as good. You can't, you cannot train yourself into being great at it if you're not constant. Mm-hmm. And since yeah. I work nine hours a day, I don't Life have time to be constant way. at it. Yeah. Yep. I don't have time to be. And, Feels you know, if, if you want to be in, small tip, if you want to be competitive gaming and fighting games and you're over 30, pick Mortal Kombat before you pick Street Fighter. Because in Mortal Kombat, the combos, you can stack like pancakes. In Street Fighter, you have to time them properly. Which, you can push the button before the first... I was always a dead or alive guy. Dead or alive ain't bad. I played 
I've never played that competitively. I also any of the Japanese ones I've played them, but I've never played them competitively. Um, what else? I I played StarCraft competitively when it first dropped. I've never played those competitively, um, but I was a Warcraft junkie. Yeah, I've never Zer- played anything competitively, so <laughs> Zergrush. Um. Yeah, Zergrush will do. I got pretty good. I don't remember what the ranking was. They used to do it with stars that you had and everything, and I remember I got the highest ranking, and then I played on a team that wanted to take the online states. I remember that. And we didn't do bad, but I mean, I was also like what, 14? Yeah. So like, I would remember I don't have good memory anyway, but Your memory is trash. Yeah, my memory is Well, that, that happens when you take a lot of medicine as a child. Um, I, I did play competitive Yu-Gi-Oh. I got out of Magic for a while and played competitive Yu-Gi-Oh. And this was in the Exit era. So mm-hmm. I can tell you when I quit because that was exactly when uh, wind-ups were released. I quit when Pendulums came out. Mm-hmm. My problem is, yeah, I ran a degenerate deck, but when you play competitive, if you really want to play competitive, you're running a degenerate you're running deck. A degenerate deck yeah, you really are. Because it's all about the details, and with Yu-Gi-Oh, the problem is, is that once you get a game to where you can turn one KO someone, then you're going to see a ton of that, and wind-ups did that. That was, that was what killed Yu-Gi-Oh for me and for many other people, is it had become just a competition to see who could go off in turn one. Yeah. And so at that point, it just becomes okay. Who had the better hand? Yeah, yeah, and, and that's RNG. And so I got back into Magic because at least with Magic, you don't turn like if you play Modern, which I also went into Modern, you can turn three someone. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you can even turn two someone if you have a nut draw, but you're not going to turn one anyone in Magic. There's no. not some consistently degenerate combo because the problem with Yu-Gi-Oh with like seeds and everything. As you had cards to search it up, you could consistently. It wasn't just you got the nut hand. If you had a decent hand, you could consistently turn one people. Yeah. And so it it became to where it was built into the game to be able to pull that off. Mm-hmm. And then the only way that they could actually innovate from there was make it, unfortunately, well, the only way they did, you could do otherwise, but the only way they did innovate from there was to then make it more degenerate, making older cards less useful. So Yu-Gi-Oh! doesn't have a ban list, but they outpace their old cards to where, yep. yeah, you can play them, but you're going to lose. They have a ban list. Oh, they have a ban list? Absolutely. Well, I mean, what I'm meant to say is they don't have rotation. Oh, no, they cards don't have don't, rotation. Cards don't rotate out, but they so overpower them. That they do, that unlock, they end up they rotating. They pretty much yep. rotate them out. Yeah. Um, other than that, what do I, I, I'm a published author, sadly for poetry. Uh, I write, have a degree in cultural anthropology, religion, and I'm working to get a master's in philosophy. Like, if it makes you feel any better, uh, I'm probably the least learned here at the table. It with, doesn't mean much in this. Like, with no, it really doesn't. With my trust me, 113 are... hours associate's degree. <laughs> <laughs> a couple more never classes. Look down, never look down on anyone else's education because, to be honest, people can learn plenty of things outside of college. Oh, Just having yeah. a degree. A couple had... of classes turns my associates into a bachelor's, and even that wouldn't be worth paying for yeah. at this point. Well, and I'll be honest. I'll oh. be honest. Plenty of people. Plenty of people go to college. And come out just as dumb as when they went in. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. And here's the thing. All that that piece of paper really proves for 
basically most people that have one, is that, oh, look, you finished a thing. Yeah, I was going to say, the, the three big things that a degree does show is that you... Uh, you know how to show up, you, shut you, up, and sit down. Well, you, depending you, on what learn how, you know how to do simple research, you yep. know how to see a project through to the end, and you're in so much debt I can pay you $10 less an hour. Yeah. <laughs> well, and one of the things that I think... This is completely off topic, I guess, but one of the things I think that uh, higher education does help with, and this is big picture kind of thing, is if you look at the general understanding of epistemic responsibility, that meaning being reasonable and responsible for knowing the truth. You have a responsibility of society because every no thought of yours is your own. You don't have private thoughts. Your thoughts affect all your actions and choices. And those then go on to affect it, but Having the ability to be skeptical, learning those basic skills, which should be taught in lower, like in high school and stuff. Critical thinking. Yeah, critical thinking. Uh, At least it's taught in college. Uh And some people come out of there with the ability to discern truth from fiction, which I don't know if you know what year we're doing this in, seems to be uh, an unfortunate downfall of many an individual (laughs) in this community. Yes. Uh, I've, uh, I've made a number of supervisors laugh by asking, can't we teach these people critical thinking? It is my firm belief <laughs> that the two things that you do learn from a higher education are uh, critical thinking skills and how to properly research something. Yeah, oh, research skills are invaluable. I mean, just uh, in your daily life. I went back to school to try and get a computer networking system management A plus license. And, uh, didn't get the license because the school honestly pays for your first time to take the test. Mm-hmm. And then they leave an entire unit off of the test so that you have to go back and study it on your own and pay for the test out of your own pocket. Yeah. Uh, Which is bullshit, cheaty face. We're not going to get into Matt's thoughts on capitalism. It is Ow. bullshit, cheaty face, but you yeah. know what? We just kind of live with it. and um, But... At the, by the time I finished taking the course that I needed to turn around and get that license, here locally, the job field dried up. Yeah. And oh, then it yeah. turned around and came back a couple of years later, and I regretted my actions of not going back and taking the test. Wow. But at the time, it was just. Well, and one of the things the that. Uh, even, even like, just take, for example, research. Okay? That has a lot to do with our hobbies. Mm-hmm. For instance, if I want to build a deck, the first thing I do when I build <laughs> a deck. Is that I look at this commander and go, what cards do I know? No, because I'm not a database of all cards. Nope. No, Magic has way too many cards for that. But God, you, can, yes. you, can, you can, if you know where to go, which is you know one of the main websites, you can type in keywords that are applicable to that. You can look through different builds that other people have had and modify. You can Sometimes do all kinds of things. Sometimes you can just Google search random pin with just... Put in something that you're looking for, followed by MTG, yeah. and oh. it pulls up just ass to no, heart. You're like, oh, I'm look not at gonna that. lie. If, I, if there's a commander I want to build a deck around, the first thing I do is degenerate neck decking bullshit. The first, yeah. the first thing I do is do a Google search, commander name, commander deck, yeah. and look at what some other people have done before and me, and then go straight to EDH yeah. rec and look yeah. at it and be like, okay, what do people have that work? And the more you do that, the more you realize, okay, this deck seems interesting, but those cards I wouldn't play myself. Uh, these don't fit and, my mouth, Phil. And EDH this Rec will my always show feel. you like the more popular of cards, where if you get a feeling for what they're putting into the decks that kind of make the gears turn, you can then go on to just 
Magic's actual database and, and just go in there and, and put in keywords and be like, mm-hmm. well, that's a cheap version because I'm poor. This is, this is again, why the first thing I do is I look at four or five different builds from, like, usually Reddit. Yeah. I try not to go straight to EDA track. Uh, I try that's and look, a rabbit hole. It's terrible, and I've told you this is part of why I come salty about people talking about shocklands and fetchlands and bullshit. Mm-hmm. How many times have I had to talk you off the ledge of don't throw all your cards away and burn them? I would never throw all my cards away and burn them. I would give them to you. And I would put them in a box right and then you'd give them on back the box. to me in a week. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the 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 start is looking at four or five different people's takes on the deck because then you can learn not just the most popular, but some different ways you could go. Because sometimes direction number two is the right way. Mm-hmm. But direction number three is more and, fun. And the more you get familiar with playing cards... See, I just like taking direction number four because everyone goes, what the fuck is that? And you're like, just watch. Well, one of my favorite things is having played competitive magic and all these different standards, I can come to certain decks and I can look at EDA track and everything and then there'll be some cards I'll be like, I remember when we broke this in standard. I bet. Like, I'll give you an example. I bet I can still break this. (laughs) I bet they haven't banned the right cards for this in this format. You can go, and there's a deck that I'm presently building, Gavi Nest Warden, and it's a cycling deck. And in all the EDA Trek ones, you won't find a certain card that I have in mind, which is Rune Spears. uh, Rune, Rune, Rune something pipe. And all it is, it's an equipment that says, target creature gets plus X plus O, where X is the number of instants and sorceries in your graveyard. Yes. Yeah. All the cycling does is pitch cards into the graveyard. All yeah. these other decks have looked at it and been like, oh, we're going to do this, this, and this with cycling. Well, I remember playing in Modern, there was a deck that you had, actually in Standard, when it first came out, uh, there was a creature, oh, and it was, it was part of the name of the deck, and I'm going to feel bad for not remembering it. Uh, Untamed Amalgamation was the flip side, but it was something else on the first one. It was one blue. Says, look at the top card. The top card is an instant source, so you can flip this. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. a 3 2 flyer that you can play with one mana. Mm-hmm. And then people would run control decks and put that spear on it. So every instant card and sorcery you play that hit the graveyard made this stupid flyer that you one dropped and then two dropped for the spear just hit for stupid. Mm-hmm. And so when doing this deck, I was like, well, I'm cycling a bunch of bullshit. Most of it are instants and sorceries, there's some lands. Why not throw a spike, you know, the stupid spear in there? Because by the time I equip it, I'm going to cycle five or six cards. Man, and I'm making tokens. That's that's mm-hmm. uh, Harpies. Yeah. Harpies became valid when Harpy Queen came out. And uh, then Harpy Dancer came out, and everybody wanted to play about Harpies. And Harpies got like fourth in worlds. Yeah. Every Harpy deck I ever ran, ran into would look at me like I was funny. Because I'd been building harpies since harpies came out. Yeah, back in the day. I always wanted to try and build a harpy deck and just never could find the cards for it because they were always rarer. There's a card, Phalanx Pike. Yep. Card gets The equipped card gets 500 attack and 500 defense for every creature that shares its name in the graveyard. Mm-hmm. Harpy Queen. Harpy Lady. Harpy... Flutist, Harpy Dancer, Harpy Chandler, all become Harpies in the graveyard. Hmm. 
nobody ever saw the value in this card. No, it's great because they can you can get two copies of it in the graveyard or whatever. But they would forget. No, I want to swing with Dracosac. Fuck swinging with Dracosac. Yes, you can go into swing with Dracosac. Mm-hmm. That's great. You know what happens? You swing it with Dracosac. I flip my mirror force and it's over. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what happens if you swing it with Dracosac and Dracosac's dead? Then I throw out a one-drop harpy. No summoning sickness. No summoning bullshit costs. No requirements. Yeah, I just stick a stupid stick and on And then I throw a spear at her. Yep. And now I swing it with 5,600 attack points, Harpy Lady. Yeah, what are you going to do? If you kill the stupid what? thing, then I'll put the spear on something else. Yeah, you, that spear won me so many games. Mm-hmm. And well, every person I'd ever talked to, that was great, but you should get rid of that spear. It's no good. Oh yeah, because Bitch, a lot of people, that spear just killed you. Yeah, because a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people see the net deck and they don't see what else you can do with it. Like, there's been a couple of decks that I've run in competitive Magic that in in Yu Gi Oh and in Magic they have the same name. They're just called rogue decks. Oh, absolutely. And you can go into a meta and absolutely, absolutely wreck it. My with something token that, rogue deck. Yeah, <laughs> with something that the meta doesn't have. Because most people, when they go into a competitive card game. You have a sideboard in Magic. You kind of have a sideboard in Yu-Gi-Oh. It's not as yeah. That, it was a pretty ru- it was it was a pretty expansive thing at the yeah. time. But and you most people what they do now is they fill it up with exceeds and all that other stuff. Oh no, that was your that's your that's your fusion deck. You had a side deck. Oh, did you? You had a fifteen okay. card side deck. That's right. Yeah, I played but, kitchen table, so that's yeah. the thing was bothered but, with. But the trick about it was the fun part about running a rogue deck, and I ran it in at least two PTQs is. Their sideboard's not going to help them. They've sideboarded for all the top meta decks. They've sideboarded for everything that they thought they were going to run into. Because all your sideboard is, if I run into X, how do I beat it? And people go online and they look and see what's winning at the time. And they prep for that. So if you wander in with a rogue deck, then you're like, okay, sideboard. You can now sideboard for some of the top meta decks. But nobody's sideboarding against you because they don't have any cards. And if your rogue deck just happens to be genius... You can swing from one rogue archetype to the other in that 15 cards. Yeah. And that fucks people's world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's several decks. There's one deck that uh, MTG Goldfish right now did that I thought was hilarious and it was jokey. But uh, the, one of the guys on there, his name is Saffron Olive, mm-hmm. made a deck that was where you could, by, siding, by sideboarding, you could technically bring in all but one of the different uh, companions. Because you could change everything. <laughs> so it would completely change the way the deck played. Because he could just switch out different companions. And so what they thought was coming the first time, now the game plan's completely changed because it fits these different things. When I was looking into making that slime deck viable, mm-hmm. I could change, I think it was 15 cards for Yu-Gi-Oh! But you could change that slime deck from the slime deck mm-hmm. Which was, yes, it was designed to build 3,800 attack point slimes every turn. Yeah. <laughs> but you could uh, flip that out for a, uh in- Injection Fairy Lily burn deck with three gift co- three copies of Gift Card and uh, a couple of the other big nasty burns. So it goes from auto-gen big stompies to burn your face off. Yeah. Well, and like in Magic, you know, there's... Well, and even in Yu-Gi-Oh, like one of the things I played competitively in Yu-Gi-Oh was Lightsworn. Do you have something that you're trying not to say, or just 
getting tired of the conversation. I'm just sitting here kind of waiting. <laughs> okay, well, you can go. <laughs> I'm like, where you've gone, I just see into this entire Yu-Gi-Oh! rabbit hole, and I was like, I can guess. You look like you had something to say there. Not, not Speaking of which, uh, real quickly, because uh, somebody's bad about bragging about themselves, Candace has definitely got one of the best personalities at the table. Because she cuts through the bullshit and brings out an idea, and a creative idea at that, which is why she was brought to the table. Hey. So, what what do you think brought you to the table? So, I don't know, the fact that we talked uh, for hours on end at work, and you revealed this idea of having a podcast, and we would talk about it in the parking lot for an hour, and uh, and you found out that, hey, you have an interesting sounding voice, and you're good at coming up with weird fucking ideas. Your list list of 100 topics was definitely intimidating and a shot in the arm for, hey, we can do this. Um... (laughs) The list still exists. <laughs> that list still exists and gets mined every now and then. Yeah. Um, Do you even still have those screenshots? No. Oh, I was going to say, what? I'll probably okay. do it somewhere. Yeah, they're in the chat. Yeah, they're in the chat. Yeah. I, ha- I have access to them. Um, tabletop RPGs? Actually, that's not really my strong No, point. it's not. No. <laughs> We're, uh, I'm starting there. Trying to put your weaknesses on display. Uh, uh, that way right. I look cool. Asshat. You what? Played D&D, D20, that sort of thing for a couple of years? Alright, so... Man, she is happy. <laughs> I don't think the mic's picking it up that that's much, so we're fine. not going to copy it's... it too much. It's funny to me. Anyways, now, tabletop RPGs, I wanted to get into them when I first started dating my ex, because he was at that time playing White Wolf. So, he was like, here, look at this book, and I was looking through it, and I'm like, this is cool, but this is like, you know, a two-inch book, and I'm not going to be reading, be able to read everything, so I just kind of looked at things and was like, that's cool, it'd be nice if you invited me sometime. That never happened. So, mm. yeah. Hatred. Uh-huh. So, you know, current husband is the one that when I started dating him, like, this was a long-distance relationship. So I would come down here, and he was like, you you actually want to play? I'm like, yeah, why else would I talk about this and try to get anything? So he's like, all right, I'll let my friends know. So like, well, the first time I visited here, went over to their friend's house, and we made characters and shit, and it was a work night, but still, it was like, they've accepted me. Oh, man. Oh, this is fantastic. I remember... I I feel at home now. There are other nerds that like me. (laughs) I remember my best friends and I in high school would go camping in Possum Kingdom, and we took champions, because D&D was hard to sell to Bible-thumping Christian families in Texas, but champions nobody cared about. (laughs) Yeah, because it wasn't part of the satanic panic. It was superheroes. So we would run champions all the way up to the... We would, in the car, in the backseat of the van, we're rolling in an ashtray so the dice say, doesn't stop do roll around. you roll dice in a van? Okay, that makes <laughs> the sense. The ashtray works. Yeah. And yeah, we'd run the it. game all the way up, and then all night, three nights camped out, we're running champions RPG. You guys going for a, ha- for a hike? 
sure, we'll go for a hike. Somebody grab a graphic calculator so we can get a random number generator. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. No, my nerddom actually began closer to like when I was like five or six because that was when I actually can remember this the nerddom. My brother uh, wanted the original Nintendo system. My parents were like, okay, that's fine. We will buy the system, but you have to buy your own games. So my brother would uh, go and help out at family members' florist shop by, like, sweeping the floor and whatnot, and he'd get some money. Child labor for video games. I'm familiar with this transaction. Yes. Yes. This happened to many of us. Yeah. And I'm keeping the tradition alive. Yes. (laughs) It is a good and strong tradition. It shall not die anytime soon. So, you know, as a kid, I remember trying to play uh, Super Mario Brothers 3. Yes. The very opening scene. Like you have those weird mushroom things in the background. You have one drop question mark block, brick block, question mark block, brick block, and you have a Goomba that slowly grows across the screen. And I don't know how many times... Mario got killed by that initial Goomba before he could even get to the second mushroom mm-hmm. uh, mark block that had the uh, mushroom in it. It also took me long, plenty long to figure out that the mushroom goes in the opposite direction mm-hmm. that you bop the question mark block in. No. Like, I don't know. How how long did that take? You think most people actually figure out of? Oh, Bob oh, goes that direction. Really? Bob goes that direction. Yeah. I don't know because I don't oh, know if that. Yeah. Ke- I would have to see if that keeps with the whole the whole series. I know the initial ones were dead. I was gonna it, say it did it, in Mario One. It did in Mario Three. It did in Mario World. It did in uh-huh. Mario lost levels okay i don't mm-hmm. know beyond that because i'm a pattern guy remember where i said i like to dissect my hobbies yeah. Yeah. well it's kind of hard to also go okay this happens here when you start getting into the 3d worlds like when you get yeah, into mario, mario 64, 64 it doesn't work the same as on a side scroller no no it doesn't but you know i wonder if it does that on mario maker That'd be interesting. Kiddo is asleep. I'm going to go look at the switch yeah. <laughs> after the podcast. I need to get Mario Maker, to be honest. So, yeah, uh, that's where I sat, like around six years old. Like, I didn't have any geek nerd friends. I had, you know, uh, I'm a little, I'm a girl friends. So, who oh, you know, were go your and stereotypical play house Barbies and... and house and stuffed animals. I had Barbies, I had stuffed animals, I also had Ninja Turtles, I had Tonka trucks, I had Matchbox cars, and I would consistently run outside and sharpen sticks on the driveway and imagine that I was casting spells in dungeons and gremlin-y things in the backyard. We did a lot of that before role-playing games were a thing in my life. There was a whole lot of... We're playing as Power Rangers, and it became role-playing games. And we're playing as Ninja Turtles, and it became role-playing games. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like... I I was the nerd who had a system built up for our Nerf Wars so that we were playing legit. (laughs) See, see, that was the thing. Like, the friends that I had... Like, I had generic friend that was just girlfriend. Like, she had the pink playhouse in the backyard, and we would go and play house. And, you know, we'd get, like, the tiny little 
if there are any nerd girls listening, you probably recognize the habit of you get like a backpack or like a little purse something and you think you're so amazing an adult, so you put in some crayons and a stuffed animal and Hell you're yeah. going, yeah. Yeah, I, I, do boys carry bags with random shit in them too as kids? Yeah, usually it's like fanny packs and uh, backpacks. backpacks and cargo pants. All right. Yeah, cargo pants were amazing. Oh, I can't man. wear them anymore. I'm told I'm not supposed to. Your your husband's uh, a foof. I want I want cargo pants. I need cargo to put cargo a frog pants. in them. Cargo cargo pants are amazing. Even no. as a girl, I've worn cargo pants and been my, like, "Oh my god, I don't need a purse." My wife hates Fucking my cargo amazing. pants. She was so jealous. By the time my daughter was almost a year old, I could go anywhere with just my cargo pants and have two bottle feedings and a change of diapers in my pants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why people don't use cargo pants anymore? Amazing. Exactly. I, I don't own pants that aren't cargo pants anymore. <laughs> I, mine got worn out, and then he, he put a blockade on them ever entering the house. It if, sucks. If you give what? me your pant size, yeah. I will buy them for you for Christmas or birthday. Yes. <laughs> Take them we, we, turn, we will both You can't do turn them around well. if they're a gift from family and friends. Exactly. Sure. I'll have to go to sleep in them, though. <laughs> just hide them underneath the couch cushions and then just sleep on the couch and be like yes. I'm just so put, tired just put them in the pantry underneath your favorite cooking pans he yeah, already doesn't know how to use your favorite pans <laughs> nor does he dare to use them so uh, yeah that that would work no, but when it would come to like the running around in the backyard of imagining that like like a wizard or a you know a whatever, like I was the only kid that was doing that. My brother had friends, and they generic boy jock friends, so they'd come over and play sports, and you know I'm sitting up in the uh, uh, play area, you know, throwing. <sighs> okay, small dogs out a window. <laughs> you remember South Park Legend of the Stick or whatever it was? Yeah, the RPG yeah, one. Kinda, yeah, yeah, not the one that's fractured butthole, but the one before that one. Yep. Yeah. Th- that was me just by myself. That, that was me with my friends as a child. Yeah, I, I didn't have any friends that shared in the same sort of, like, magical fantasies except that, that ours was Except ours were superhero-themed. <laughs> <laughs> you know what mine was? Mine was toys, and it was Dino Riders. I used to play Dino Riders all the time. You remember those? Yes. Those are the best concept for a kid. You remember the Marvel trading cards? Yeah. Okay, so the 1991 edition of the Marvel trading cards, so this was Series 2 for those that care, (laughs) had team cards. And my group of friends got into X-Men off just that team card before we ever got the book. I was going to say... Okay. That was heading into Age of Apocalypse. See, my mom... No, this is... uh, This is... Right after the Jin Lee re- reintroduction of the series. Oh, okay. This is the four, re- the four, the X Men number one Jim Lee. This is the blue and gold teams. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I I had a. Knew they redid that. Uh, a friend of mine Red ran Red around with two. I think they were kickstands mm-hmm. that he'd flip out like Tonfa, except that they were his Wolverine claws. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would wear a blue jean jacket and never carried less than six decks of cards. Yes. <sighs> yeah, see, my mom we're was a uh, big Wolverine fan, so she had, like, the Wolverine cards and the, uh, the comic books and everything, and I was not allowed to touch those. Uh. Yes. <laughs> My grandmother used to make me Ninja Turtle t-shirts. 
<laughs> oh my god. Okay, I will say that in my childhood. The Ninja Turtle theme song. Hell yeah. Yeah, but the, the very first riff, you know what it is. For me, it's the, the X-Men uh, animated series from the 90s. It's the one that just... Our house, our house has had fights because that is Austin's, is X-Men, and he says that X-Men was the best cartoon that was on. And I, I came back and I said, no, the Batman animated series. Batman animated the best. Yes. Was fucking amazing. Yeah. Period. So our family, we don't have political divides. We don't have religious divides. No, we have like a DC Marvel fight. Because <laughs> I'm DC and he's all Marvel. So, Do you uh, remember Dino Saucers? Yes. Nobody remembers Dino Saucers. They were dinosaurs okay. that hyper-evolved into, like, humanoids. Okay. But they could hit the little thing on their chest and turn back into the dinosaurs. And yes. the evil T-Rex and the leader of the good guys was the Allosaur. And Interesting. The Allosaurus is my favorite dinosaur because of that show. Yeah. The sad thing is that later on all that got brushed aside for... Beast Wars. Yeah, for uh, most people. Absolutely, but you know, even Zoids got brushed aside for like Transformers stuff. Transformers just ate so many different genres. It did. See, Transformers I, was good for cartoons. It was good cartoons specifically. More Saturday mornings were X Men, Spider Man, Spider Man, and Looney Tunes. Man. And after school was Batman the Animated Series. Mark Hamill is the best Joker. Yeah. Amen. Actually, Mark Hamill's coming out of retirement to do Skeletor on the email. On uh, uh, Kevin Smith's animated sweetness. email. Yep. This is going to be good. Um, for me... I'm sure you can definitely tell that I'm a 90s kid just because I say sweet and awesome. For me, stuff <laughs> like uh, Denver the Last Dinosaur... And there was something else with it that I don't even remember the name of these, but they were skater guys on skateboards, and they had little pullback and go forward skaters. Yeah. And this, <laughs> this is the stuff that I watched at eight and seven years old that shaped my childhood. Mm -hmm. That doesn't exist. And GI Joe. Yeah, good luck finding things like Looney Tunes now. You know how hard that yeah, is. Yeah, it Last is. Last time I got sick, I was like, Yeah, I want to oh. eat Campbell's soup. I want to watch Looney Tunes. Looney so I looked for Looney Tunes. Hard to find. And you're just gonna have to cobble episodes together off of yeah. YouTube. I don't know where they're storing these things. Um, my when I want my daughter to watch them, I've got the Boomerang streaming service thing, but I don't have pay for premium on that. Or I throw on my pirate hat, hat and go to the less than legal streaming services because um that's what you gotta do if you want to yeah. enjoy the classics and the thing about it is yeah. is that streaming streaming focuses itself on innovation and being new and the newest things yeah and the problem with that is is that there's it's, a lot of old things that get left the in the dust it's really easy for older stuff to get to fall in yeah. the tracks the one thing that's just always blown my mind is how much classic music is on like amazon music or pandora or Spotify. Yeah. Well, we don't They're do that doing, with TV shows. But they don't. But we don't do it with in, with video entertainment, which no, is unfortunate. Don't. I think one day we will hit that, and probably I think part of that is that we have had music innovated into our lives more than we have necessarily visual media of think, like the television sort. So, I think if I honest think truth, depending on depending on what happens with the current. 
uh, what, do you, what do you call it, where things are getting divided up into different uh, camps? Genres? No, not genres, but like, uh, the word I'm looking for starts with an S, but things are getting separated in different Segmentation. Camps. Yes, segmentation. Hey. Uh, depending on how the segmentation of properties and streaming services ends up playing out, Yeah. Disney Plus really did go the right direction when it comes to giving you access to your nostalgia. Well, it's because Disney owns the nostalgia. Because it Disney does. owns Disney's, your nostalgia. Disney's winning this fight because of its intellectual properties. Nin, uh, uh, Netflix really does. What needs to happen is everybody who's not Disney. So CBS, I'm looking at you. Yeah. Needs to band together. Instead of segmenting down into their own little services. Yeah. Instead, they need to back a horse. Yeah. And that's either Hulu or Netflix, honestly. I, well, as much as I hate to say yeah. it, CBS app's not going to get money from me. I don't care DC, how many... The DC one that you can only get on Xbox. I don't care how don't, many people bring... Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't care how many people you get. You get you're not going to have enough network pull for that same $10 everywhere else. Well, and here's the thing. You can't even do Disney Plus or Hulu. Because Disney owns Hulu. Yes, this is true. So, but I mean, they need to go and back. They need to get on the board of the Netflix. They really do. They do. And but yeah, no, with the visual medium and stuff, like there's tons of old films. Like I have a friend who's you thought he would have been born in the 1930s uh-huh. because like for a good time for him is he'll have me watch a show. Like I'm gonna name some of these weird ass shows: Old Mother Riley, which was a black and white comedy show. Buster Keaton. Uh, well, Buster Keaton, but that was even before sound. But like, uh, uh, oh, and before Beverly Hillbillies, there was one that was something on the egg. I can't remember. One of his favorite films is Arsenic and Old Lace. I was going to say. Man, you ain't finding any of those. No. This is a collector of Godzilla movies. That gets tough. That gets tough. Yeah, it does. So the farther it goes along, the only reason why I'm able to get some of them now is because you know, Toho's introduced into the American populace with uh, Legend, uh, Legendary. That yeah. company took it up. And so people are latching onto that. So they're re-releasing in yeah. DVD form some of the old show era stuff. But I, unless you had like $80, you couldn't get certain things. Sorry, I just had a brain fart. I was like, I have an idea. It's not the same. And lost and it. And it's gone. Yep. Just gone. So I'm going to go on to the next thing. Uh, but yeah. Uh, only had the Nintendo until probably it was about, like, 11 or so. Because by that point, we had moved into our new house. And my parents were like, hey, do you want the PlayStation? And um, I was the kid that wanted the thing, but was too shy to ask for the thing. Mm-hmm. So it was like, it's a new shiny that sure looks fun, but also looks expensive. And I, and I know, you know, like, I was the kid that kind of understood that things cost money and expensive things are expensive. So I was like, I don't want to ask for that. So I was like, no, no, it's fine. So Christmas rolls around and get the PlayStation and uh, like two or three games. And I forget what the other games were. The the one of them sticks in my mind as this weird-ass racing game called Ray Tracers. Oh, yeah. It's hilarious having gone from Nintendo 2D graphics, just boop, 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 you know, to PlayStation 3D graphics where you're now driving and you're driving into other cars and smashing them and you have to beat the end car and 
playing this on Christmas Day, making my mom nauseous because she's motion sickness easily. Oh, and yeah. laughing our asses off because you get points for running into the other cars. <laughs> Twisted Metal. Hell yeah. Never had Twisted Metal. Sweet Tooth was the best. <laughs> but after that, like, my brother was old enough at that time that it was like, alright, he has more of a job job. So he went and he bought the N64 and the SNES and one of the Segas. And we just started piecemealing together, like, all the consoles. And at that point, I was like, okay, next Christmas I asked for my Game Boy Color. And that was my system. I am a handheld person. I love handhelds. I do not like when Nintendo went to the whole 3DS thing. Yeah, you could turn it off. Yeah, you could, but I, at the time, I, I had uh, bought, on release day, the 2DS. And then when they introduced the 2DS Lite, bought that on release day with my own money in high school at this point. And then they release the 3DS, and I look at it and go, you still playing the exact same goddamn fucking games. I just bought this system. I like this system. Why are you doing this thing that, oh, it gives me a headache. I'm not paying money for a system that plays the same games. Mm-hmm. It gives me a headache, and I'm going to turn off the function that I'm technically paying more money for. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Like, this is- I'm a cr- I'm a cranky old I consumer. Exactly. Do you remember? And this is this is uh, I'm an old person moment. Do you remember when systems were released right around Christmas and games? All the games kind of piled up around then. Yeah. Like there wasn't there wasn't the a game scheduled schedule came around Christmas mm-hmm. and spring break. Yeah. And yes. then you had the summer drought. Yeah, you Which had the never made drive. any sense. No, because back in the day, yes, more kids would were, had free time to play, play the games in the summer, but they didn't. They wanted to get all your money at Christmas time, mm-hmm. yeah. And then they found out around spring break was a good season to sell new games, and because then college nothing new would do. come out until fall yep. for the college students and yeah. building up to the buying for Christmas because yeah. mommy and daddy would buy. October's game on layaway. I remember yeah. I remember the releases of Pokemon because I had the original you can build a house with a brick game boy. Right? Mm-hmm. Eventually <laughs> you got the adapter that was like the, the light with a magnifying glass. Oh and yeah. Had all light that boy. jazz. You know. I, I remember back in the day when driving at night playing a Game Boy sucked because you're waiting for a street light to come and you have to illuminate what you're doing. <laughs> yes, because Grandpa on the front seat is, turn off that light, you're distracting me. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you who, develop this crazy night vision. Okay, who yes. else as a child remembers driving in the parents' car and discovering the dome light? Oh no, going, my grandfather would eat oh, my he, ass for that one. Exactly. My would like punch you'd me go in the to mouth. like reach for it and you'd basically get this death stare and get yelled at like, you turn that on and we're all gonna die. My, fa- my favorite is my father was unfortunately driving. So we lived where we are for the most part. We lived in Oklahoma for a little while. We lived for the most part in my formative years in a small town here. And not too far away is Dallas. Mm-hmm. And my dad can't drive. Oh, dear. I drive for a living right now, oddly enough, but he can't drive. So he was white knuckling it into the to the traffic in Dallas the night that I learned about the dome light. So he's already <laughs> on edge. 
I was like, bink. And he literally just screamed like someone had jabbed him in the neck with a hot poker. And I turned it oh off. I was like, what the hell? And my mom turned around and said, you just don't do that, honey. He's he's already he's already in a mood. Don't do that. Which, for me, being an asshole, I was like, oh, we're doing this. We're doing this. I have no concept that this could be death for me. This can be entertainment because it's been a two and a half hour drive. But it's not death. So... It was basically a person simulating what would happen if they had a, a seizure with flickering lights, but he's having an anger seizure. It was fun. It was fun until we pulled over. I can see people driving past your car just saying, click, 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 One of my big nerd moments in life, um, my mom had this terrible habit of uh, getting tired of life's struggles, and she'd take off. And then she'd deal with new struggles. And when those would get too bad, instead of taking off somewhere new, she'd go back. back to Grandpa and Grandma. So the year that the Ninja Turtles t- movie came out. The live Secret action? Of the Ooze? Oh. No, before Secret of Views, the first one. Yeah. But the live action, the Jim Henson production. Oh, the one with MC. Well, no, Secret of the Ooze was MC Hammer. Never mind. That was Vanilla Ice. Vanilla Ice. You are so white. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was never heard from or seen again. Absolutely. And we were thankful. And there was much rejoicing. And there was... <laughs> <laughs> but that movie came out the summer, and we spent the summer driving up and getting my mom from one of the Dakotas or Montana or something. Some Lord, she... when she took off, she took off. You have to go real far to get away from her problems, apparently. Damn. So we're driving up... To... To get mom and the Turtles movies in theaters, and I don't get to see the Turtles movie. But I was bought the Turtles comic book adaption of the movie that is still in my long box in the day. It's in such shitty condition. And I took the Game Boy up there with three games. And one of them was Turtles, which I beat day one. Yeah. The next one was DuckTales, which I had beaten before and still love this. And the last one was this Mickey Mouse Clubhouse bullshit. Yeah, that thing was horrible. No, it's a, I don't know which one this one was, but Bluto steals Minnie and you gotta save Minnie. Mm-hmm. I could never beat that game. They eventually made that for Sega Genesis, by the way, and it was still bullshit. So I was, so I spent the whole road trip playing that game, trying to beat it, because I'd beaten the other two. I don't know how fair this is or not. I do know... Got up to Dakota or whatever, got mom, loaded up, went home. Got a fresh set the of batteries. The whole time. Got a brick of batteries. The whole time I'm playing this. And I've got headphones in and they're the old red and blue ear headphones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, put, you put them in your ears and they hurt like Apple uh, current earbuds. Yeah, yeah, they did. And get home to this podunk part of Texas and... um. My eyes saw in green and gray for the next, like, two days. Mm-hmm. And I had the songs from that game stuck in my head for the next month. The, here's an interesting <laughs> phenomenon. Do you remember when video games could be beaten in, like, two hours? Yeah. Remember when that was the norm? Yeah. We didn't have save points, so you had, like, a certain number of lives. And you had, like, okay, so I grew up with Kirby's Dreamland, with Pokemon, with the first Mario game. With, like, 
the only one, the first one that ever been saved was Zelda. Zelda. Mm-hmm. Zelda was the first one to say, and it was such a trip because you'd sit down, because the mentality back then, you used to sit down and play a game, beat it, and you know, when you beat it, you're done. Mm-hmm. And you usually yeah. ate up an hour or so. But with Zelda, you had to stop at some point, and it was weird knowing when to stop because you've never had to before. Mm-hmm. And so then you would just play until your eyes bled. And your parents would come and be like, you should stop. I'm beating it yet. <laughs> no, see, I I had I was a huge proponent of the password system because yes, because like Sonic games were Legacy, Metroid, Legacy of the Wizard, Mega Man, Metroid, Mega Man, mm-hmm. uh, the Breath of Fire series, which was Super Nintendo that came much later, but Final Fantasy, yeah, yeah, uh, Dragon Quest. All my games had saves yeah. or passwords. That, that, mm-hmm. that was the that was those were the games that perpetuated you having pieces of paper all over your house that had random numbers and letters written on them that your yes. parents looked at like there was some archaic ruin and you were no. losing your mind. No, we had a spe- we had a specific uh, ruled notebook that would sit with the Nintendo system well, that was known that to, to not like get I thrown have... away. Of which you had to flip through the pages to find which was your save code. Like, which the fuck is mine? No, it's brothers, brothers, brothers. Okay. Is that, like, an, is that an L or a 1? It's sort of like starting up a game of NBA Jam back in the day. And you wanted all these different things. So the select screen, you only have so many seconds. So you're frantically putting in all these different codes. I want a big hand. I want a flaming wall. I want the black backboard to explode the glass. And I want to place Bill Clinton. Go. <laughs> no, see, um, here's where I guess I was a little bit different. I'm a military brat. So you wasted brain space to memorize them? No. Oh, good. I was in We went on base. I had to present my ID. Okay. As an eight year old, I had a military ID. I want someone to tackle you at eight because you forgot the ID. Nobody ever oh. gave you shit. I wanted but to see that. You want to buy a pack? Yeah. You want to buy a stick of gum from the commissary? You gotta have ID. You gotta have your ID. So I had a Tasmanian Devil wallet. Mm-hmm. And remember, wallets in the eighties, basically every wallet in the world was a billfold, and you had an ID slot, a couple credit card slots, and then a pictures mm-hmm. diaphragm in the middle. Yeah. The pictures diaphragm in the middle was posty notes with passwords. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this was passwords and game genie game codes. Wait, well, wait, wait, wait. Was it made of that ripstop nylon and did it have a Velcro? No, this was, okay. this was this plastic, and I don't mean pleather, I mean plastic, plastic. wallet yeah. from the six, from six Flags. <laughs> yeah, it was the, this could get rained on, it will never die. <laughs> Yeah, no, the ones that I remember were the trifolds. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. That were generally like <sighs> this bright ass blue or bright fucking red, like some sort of primary color, no matter what. It I, was had like, a, I had a, I had a forest that, green one and a brown one well, of and, those designs. And this is also back in the day when certain like things were not. Someone when you were buying some. We, we can we can find whatever we wanted in books. One of the things. Okay, this is sorry. This is a fighting game tangent. Fighting games now will show you the combos. Yeah. Okay, you can go yeah. in, you can do tutorial and combos. But back in the day, with like Mortal Kombat, to do a fatality, you had to, you find, had to find that. And you either had to experiment until you got it and hope you remember what you did, or it went by word of mouth. Because there wasn't an internet. Or you had that one rich friend who could buy Prima guides. Yeah. And that was it. Oh, who remembers Game Genie? Ding, ding, ding. 
Yes. Yeah. I remember the cartoons in that thing. Oh, Nintendo Power. Sorry. If you remember Nintendo Power, Nintendo Power was fun because it also had the cartoons in there. I might still actually own some uh, Nintendo Powers, and I know for a fact that I own um, posters out of Nintendo Powers that I got when I was a teenager. Oh my god, I forgot about the dumbest thing that everyone who ever listens to this podcast needs to watch at least one episode of that came from Nintendo Power. What? They used to have a cartoon in Nintendo Power, which was just the adventures of Mario and Luigi, through all kinds of their different bullshit, and then they made the Mario and Luigi show. Which was live action and had two Italian guys. Super Mario, yeah, Super Brothers, Mario Brothers Super Show. Yes. Is currently on Netflix and my daughter's it's found amazing. it. Amazing. And you will laugh your face off because and these Bowser was known as King Koopa back then. By the way, these two actors they're not actors. I don't know where they found these two. They're really enthused to be there. I'll give them that. The guy who plays Mario was an actor. Well, this was remember, not their most shining moment. No, I'll say no, that. They were old guys. <laughs> <laughs> they gave no fucks. Zero. Oh zero my god. They they just, it was like if Blue's Clues, the guy who did Blue's Clues, yeah. had given up before getting on there. <laughs> so it's this kid show with these old dudes dressed as Mario and Luigi, and they're like, he's us! Dee 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 dee! Hey! <laughs> and the old guys. And, and it had great. nothing to do with the games. No! It's a kid's show. Oh my it was god. Just, it, it was, was like. It was terrible. And it had like Sergeant Slaughter and Millie Vanilli guest star. Yes! It was fucking weird. It was so weird. It was, and I think it led. I don't know if the movie came first or it did. No, it came first. And it led the to movie the movie. And the movie. Much later. The movie just killed what. No. That's when people realize that what you don't want on TV, no matter how popular it is, is your main protagonist being some ugly, retired Italian plumber. <laughs> no one was going to go. And the movie didn't do it any favors. Oh, like, we could go for hours on it, which I'm not. You can, There's a podcast you can find that on. But, no, the Super Show, I remember growing up, and I remember playing the games, and I got on I high. don't know if the Legend of Z- uh, Zelda show is on there. Oh, that hor- horrible thing? Uh, See, you say that, but I remember as a kid, Super Mario Super Show was on air, and it would—they'd split the half episodes. Yeah. 30, instead of thirty minutes of the total thing, it was fifteen minutes of Mario Brothers, fifteen minutes of Zelda. Oh my god! You learned nothing from that show, by the way. It was and a kid show. I you didn't to, learn jack. I used to watch those, and I but did it sell I you toys? I don't remember the whole excuse me princess thing. I don't remember that at no. all. And I go back and I watch it now, and it's like, how did I miss this? Yeah. It was it was sort of like, like a Pee Wee's Herman, but but a cash cow on Mario. It was a Pee Wee's Herman cash cow. They just didn't have the secret magical word because the guy was old and he couldn't give two shits. I'm pretty sure that they asked him to do certain things and he just huffed through his mustache and they gave up because <laughs> it was so it was so low budget looking and he was so unenthused and it was beautifully macabre because it was these people should never have been on a kids show. But it was a great Nintendo. Nintendo in that era, the golden age of Nintendo. Like there was so much stuff that was just out there that was you know on either side of it that was just insane. Well, you know what? This has been about an hour, fifteen minutes or so, depending on how much I have to edit out. 
I think it's going to be a great lead-in for the next week. And we barely even got into my teenage, like, we got a, didn't even get into MMOs. You were a sad nerd girl, and we were mm-hmm. sad nerd boys. Next time we'll get into high school. <laughs> Yay! We're, we'll we're, we're, we're going to we'll continue on it. with your bona fides on MMOs next week. Yep. And, and my art nerdness. And we'll yeah. talk about happy memories next week. So, what if we don't have those? Oh, don't worry, Matt. We'll make we'll some We'll lock up. you in the dungeon until you come up with one. Okay. I can make memories in your dungeon? Is that what you're saying? No, it's not that kind of dungeon. get to make memories in the dungeon. Wait, I'm going to leave memories in your memories dungeon. memories in, in the dungeon. You're going to need to buy a lot of lotion. So, no, okay. He's making memories you in the dungeon. Luke, and you Not lotion. Cookies. I can tell you why. But it's not nerdy. <laughs> oh, we broke someone and it's amazing. <laughs> Jurgens is deceptively named. <laughs> oh, well, on that note. Also, you don't ever say it's baby soft because then it just gets weird. Jurgens advertises strange. I don't know what they're trying to do. <laughs> on that note, we're going to thank Kevin McLeod and Competech.com for. Uh, Someday he's not going to want his name on this. You know <laughs> Creative Commons 3.0 for Faster Doesn't It Dark Land, our intro and outro music. Sorry. <laughs> no, he's not. Sorry. No, he's not. Anyway. I'm just going to cut the recording here because he's going to keep Candace laughing for the next hour. Say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>